This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Bridget, I wanted to get your opinion. We didn't get a chance to to discuss this with you, but speaking of Jim Montgomery, um, he uh, a former uh, Denver Pioneer is back with Boston, at least on a professional tryout. Do you have an opinion on the Bruins signing Danton Heinen to a PTO? Uh, same same thing as I would say with a lot of the. Uh, you know, the acquisitions, the low risk acquisitions that they've had. I mean, they'd, same with Chase on, why not try it out? I mean, it, it's, it's pretty much no risk at all. Um, he's just here on a tryout. So I, I don't see an issue with that. Uh, I mean, I liked him when he was here. He had, uh, he hasn't had the most fruitful career. When he came out of school, he was projected to be a little bit better than I think he turned out to be in the NHL, but um, maybe this is a, a, a second chance for him that ends up being a better fit with the coach. Like you, like you mentioned the coaching um, of Montgomery and there, there are spots to be had on the bottom in the bottom six. So uh, let them, let them have a crack at it. What's Andrews Bjork doing this year? Do you want to, should I give him Can a piece? Wait, no, did he get traded to Chicago? Yeah, I think he's in, he wasn't, he was in Rockford. I don't know where he is now. He might be still there. Yeah. He wasn't on your 100. Just, just missed. <laughs> just missed by about 950. Um, <laughs> uh, so Scott, you texted Bridget and I. I guess there's something to do with Mike Babcock. What's going on in, in in Columbus, huh? Yeah. So you know, I'll try to do this somewhat quickly, but this is just a fascinating story to me, and frankly, hilarious story. Um, so Paul Bizanet on Spit Spitting Chicklets uh, a couple days ago told a story of how he had heard from former players, including blue current blue jackets, which is where Mike Babcock is now. This is his first season uh, returning as, as a head coach. And he is in in Columbus that. So biz said that Babcock was like having players turn over their phones and like projecting photos like going through photos on their phones as like part of an exercise to like learn about players or like what kind of people they are and was like putting them on a projector in his office or something. And biz spun this towards like the like legitimate invasion of privacy territory of like, they're like, this is bullshit. Like this is, you know, stuff coaches just shouldn't be doing like almost like mind fucking with players. And, uh, Babcock denied it. Columbus captain Boone Jenner uh, also put out a statement saying that like when he met with Babcock, you know, they were just talking about family stuff and Babcock just asked to see some photos of his family and it wasn't at all how it was portrayed. 
Well, Biz then doubled down on it, said like, cut the bullshit. Basically like, said like, you know, sorry to Boone Jenner for putting him in a tough spot, but like what, how Babcock's spinning it is not at all what I've heard from players. Um, Ryan Whitney, fellow co-host on Spit and Chicklets, backed up Biz's perspective. And so like, I just find this incredible because it's like now Babcock, who is no stranger to controversies and has had some weird situations like this in the past. Like people might remember when Mitch Marner was a rookie, there was a report that he had Marner like rank his teammates work ethics or something and then shared it with the whole team. And it like just made things really awkward where like Marner was like, I didn't know he was going to like, I didn't even want to do that. And I didn't know he was going to share it type thing. Um, there's been some other stuff like that. Like, look, Babcock's a hard ass. So he's like very old school and he sort of has this reputation of like not being very welcoming to players sometimes. So starting things off like this in Columbus, there's now, you know, the team set or the NHL is looking in, into it. The NHL PA is looking into it. Um, and, you know, and then the other side of it, like the media side is, Biz is obviously not just a barstool guy now. Like he's on TNT and one of the biggest names in national hockey broadcasting. Um, and you know, I think you expect when someone kind of moves into that space that you know they're mostly going to be friendly with everyone and they're not really going to go after someone in a way that could you know if it turns out to be true, like potentially put someone on a hot on a hot seat. Um, and in this case, Biz is obviously not towing any sort of company line. Like he, he doubled down on and is clearly going at Babcock and very clearly does not like Babcock has heard from other players who don't like him. And, um, I don't, I'm, I'm fascinated by like where this ends up going because, uh, it's, you know, it's turned into like a pretty big story. It was not just a sort of a one-off comment on the pod. It's now something bigger than that. Yeah. Cause they denied it and it made, it made it look like uh Bizonet and Whitney were like making it up. Right. Like, cause it's one thing if it's like you said, it's a barstool podcast. Right. But now he's a, a face of the media where we have different, you know, uh, vetting that we usually do before we say anything publicly, like you can't be on TNT or, or, you know, whatever major broadcast organization and come out and say something that's false and then, you know, you're risking losing your job. So, you know, I really hope he vetted what he said before he did, because then his job is at risk, honestly, if somehow it comes out that, you know, he was, this was kind of like a made up or misconstrued situation. But that's that's the, the difference between his new job and, you know, maybe back before when he was just doing the podcast. Um, so that maybe this is, we, we find out, um, is a lesson learned on his part, but if he's telling the truth, which he did, they did put up a a screenshot of the text. So it seems like it's definitely based in some sort of fact. And there was at least one player. I think they said more than one player that um, mentioned that it felt intrusive. So uh, it's a lesson for, I guess, Babcock as well, that a lot of times you maybe don't intend to, do something like that and tend to make people feel that uncomfortable or maybe you do. I don't, I don't really know. So I also remember he was a commentator himself actually for a little bit, but he didn't stick around too much. Was he on NBC? 
I forget. Babcock was himself a commentator between this job and when he lost his job in Toronto. Um, Definitely an interesting dude. The only interaction I've ever had with Mike Babcock was like the weirdest interaction (laughs) because I, the very first bar I walked into in Nashville, Tennessee was Tootsie's. And the very first person I saw in that bar was Mike Babcock. And I was like, what is he doing here? And then I realized that Toronto had a game the next day and he was like incognito dressed up like anyone in Nashville would be dressed up. And he was tipping the band in in Tootsie's. And I made like the most awkward direct eye contact with him with probably the weirdest face I could have possibly made. And he knew, he knew I knew who he was. (laughs) And he just like nodded his head to me and walked out. And I was like, what the hell is he doing in Tootsie's right now? But anyway, he was gone. And I spying on players he was trying to see who was out or something he was out by himself as far as i could tell no one else in my friend group had any idea who mike babcock was and i was so confused i was like aren't you supposed to be in toronto right now but the maple Leafs were in town the next day and then the penguins were in town a few days later and i saw Sidney crosby phil kessel have the penguins teams out until three in the morning at uh dirks bentley's i don't know it was a very nhl uh centered trip on accident because I just was going to Nashville, but I saw Sidney Crosby twice, just walking yeah. around and hanging out in a bar. I don't know; it was a weird trip, and uh, that was the only time I ever met Mike Babcock. <laughs> I think I think that's a road trip NHL players really like. Uh, yeah, they were out till three in the morning, so I think they enjoyed their time. Well, yeah. As far as the the story goes, um, you know, Biz and 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 Whit, like those guys are very plugged in. Obviously, they're huge. Friend, uh, players player friendly podcast but they're also an industry uh, a league friendly podcast like the, you know they have executives on all the like people love them and they have they, they have a rolodex of, of contacts and and i'm sure that i'm sure that what they're hearing is is legitimate um as far as like the actual uh story of like invasion of privacy and stuff like that i mean look it's one of those situations where like people oftentimes forget that like professional sports is a business and Pretend, pretend this was your boss at any other company in America asking to see pictures of your face. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like, to me, it's like nobody should have to disclose anything about personal information that they don't want to. Uh, and, 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 and I understand in sports, you have, the, you have the, the whole aspect of team building and camaraderie. It's like, well, you don't need to know about my, my wife and kids if, like, for me to bond with like my teammates in this locker room and my co- and the coaching staff it's it is it is the, people are allowed um their personal lives and, and the privacy to be to be held there and 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 especially when when you're a professional athlete that's that's that is your place of work like you do want to keep things separate and um if a player initiates this that's one thing but you shouldn't be um, obligated by by your uh, your employer and your and your direct boss to to display this. So if it is true, I do think it is. Uh, I get what Babcock is doing. He's trying to you know build trust and 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 personal relationships with people so that the team can be closer. I get it, but you have to remember, Michael, that it is business and that you can't you can't force people to do that. It, so if that is the case, you know it is crossing a bit of a personal boundary line. Um, as far as uh, Paul Bissonnette and just like how he handled it. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, like there's, there's other ways you can do that stuff. You can have like a, a family day at the rink. I know the Bruins in the past and like 
that little gap between the preseason and the start of the regular season have had like a team like family barbecue where everyone goes and it's like you know th- so there's other ways you can sort of try to build that like that family that community feel without you know asking to go through players photos um yeah but yeah so yeah, can, can you imagine <laughs> what would your what would it look like if you showed us your phone scott just a bunch of mirror selfies and some pictures of your dog and yeah, it's yeah, it's my it's my dog, it's beer, and it's me kayaking. Like those, <laughs> those are all my photos. I just Re- like really, really juicy stuff. Speaking of juicy stuff, I just got pictures of like Chick Fil A chicken sandwiches and stuff, <laughs> and waffle fries. Well, like if that. anyone looked at mine right now, it wouldn't be good because I just came back from vacation. It's just all me, like out having fun on a boat. I'm gonna say I would just be jealous, and then I'm like throw your phone in a lake or something. <laughs> Yeah, just me drinking all the wine in Italy. <laughs> yeah, so you know, putting putting people's personal camera rolls on display for any sort of reason is is a no go, uh, Mister Mister Mike Babcock. So yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a stupid story. It's like what, how, what? Yeah, you know? just just quickly like to close this and a little bigger picture. I'm just fascinated how that's going to work this year because I I don't think like that's a good fit for him. I, I don't see it going very well because I think if Babcock fits any team, to me, it's more one like what he had in Detroit or with the Canadian Olympic team where it's like a super talented team and he can get at least has a track record of getting the best out of superstars. Columbus is rebuilding. Like, that's a really young team and, and they're incorporating a lot of high draft picks and, and getting them, you know, incorporate you know into the nhl and i don't think that's babcock's strength like i i'm i know what columbus was thinking they they see babcock as sort of a culture setter a guy who's one who wants to you know they want him to come in and be like hey here's what it looks like when you win like this is what we're building towards this is the kind of culture that winning teams have but actually the like on the ice and working with players I don't know if he's going to be the best for, for a young team like that. So I'm, I'm fascinated. I'd say I'm like 70% of me expects it to, to be a disaster and last like one year. Well, Look. we've seen coaches get fired after like seven games. <laughs> like <laughs> with it, there's been times where coaches like literally lasted the first two weeks of the season and they were gone. So like if, if there was already issues with the locker room, in that early part of the season and they lose the first like six out of seven. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's, he's out. Like there's been short leashes in the NHL before. Who do you, which coaching situation in the league would you say is more dangerous? Babcock in Columbus or Tortorella in Philly? Like, because I know Tortorella in Philly is like supposed to be a culture change, but that team is so they're they're even worse this year than they're gonna be than they were last year personnel wise, and they sucked last year personnel wise. Mm-hmm. It's like Tortorella is just gonna wear so thin. Like I think there's there's a time and a development a team's development to bring him in. Like I think you bring him in like I don't know. It, it's just he's gonna try to change the culture, but they're gonna turn on him, and it's gonna be like back to square one. And he won't and he certainly won't be there when they're good. I feel like I don't know. At least Laviolette seems like he kind of found a happy place to land in with the Rangers. But yeah, I don't know. Get get my guy Guy Boucher back here. Somebody give Guy a chance. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with, with Tortorella, 
Yeah, I don't think that's a great situation either, but I feel like at, at, at least at times I've seen Tortorella in like his own way show a little bit of a softer side and like take players under his wing, be protective of them, like especially in a place like Philly where, you know, if a young player struggles, they get ripped by by media. Like Tortorella will like at least have his players back against something like that. Like he'll he'll go at the media and then he'll make it between him and the media. Now all of a sudden, you know, that player's not hearing it as much. So like, I at least see some value there, even though I don't really think, you know, what's happening in Philly is going to be particularly great. Um, but Babcock, I, I kind of struggle to see really any, any silver lining. And now it's already off to this weird start. Like, well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe surprises me, but I, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be following that just because I feel like it could blow up at any time. Bridget and Scott, I know, I know we're we're running late, but I do want to ask you guys this real quick because I just saw it on on uh, online, and I won't be here next week to kind of ask you. So, um, there's word out of Calgary that uh, Elias Lindholm is like willing to dance with with Calgary and and, and sign an extension. It just seems like that whole Lindholm situation may not be able to present itself to Boston. Like maybe we had hoped a few months prior, just another option that might be out the window for the Bruins long-term as a new number one center. Did you have any thoughts on that or did you kind of see this coming? No, I mean, I guess my pro, like my feeling towards that is yeah, the Bruins, like there's only so much you can do. Like, I think they talked to Calgary. I think they had conversations and, you know, I don't think anything made sense because if the Bruins are bringing in a salary like that and a higher end player, it probably meant they were trading a goalie at some point, which didn't happen because they didn't find value. And, you know, neither did Winnipeg trying or, you know, at least looking into trading Connor Hellebuck. Calgary's not taking on a goalie because they already have over 8 million tied up in Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. They also have a top goalie prospect in Dustin Wolf. So, there wasn't a fit there. So now you're talking about trading from another spot in the roster. They don't really have the picks or prospects anyways. Like their, their best hope on Lindholm was that he didn't agree, didn't get anything done with Calgary and ends up being a free agent next summer where the Bruins will have money to spend and could simply just outbid other teams for him. Now, maybe that still happens, right? Like you're, you're referencing these reports doesn't mean there's a deal done or, or that it will get done. Um, but yeah, ultimately if, if Elias Lindholm decides he's willing to sign an extension in Calgary and doesn't really care to test free agency, there's just not much you can do about that. Like they're just not in a position to be able to jump in and be like, here you go. We're going to blow you away because we really want Elias Lindholm. Like they, they can't do that. They don't have the pieces. They don't have the cap space. Too many other things would, would have to happen. It's just interesting because, like, I know the Bruins. I think we're all on the same page. The Bruins are willing to ride Coyle and Zaka to start the year and see see how it plays out. But we, but that's still not like long term. They still know that they have to get a, a number one center, and it's probably nobody in the system that we can really point to. It's going to have to be external through a trade or free agency. And it just, even if it's like through free agency, it's just like how many number one centers are available next year. If if like Lindholm signs, it's like who do you really have to choose from? So. Long term, it's it's like 
yeah, like Coil and Zaka for now, go for it. But it's still like that their long term plan. It's like still just like whoever's available in the market. <laughs> Is that like what they're gonna banking on? You know, sorry, Bridge. I know you had a thought on that. I was just gonna say I think that we've uh, there's no big moves left before the season to be had for the Bruins just because of their cap situation and. Um, we've seen them make all those little moves and they're, they're going to roll with hoping that one of those, um, risks that they took minimal risks, but just risks on players that maybe hadn't panned out other places works out for them. And, you know, the, they don't really have any way to make one of those bigger moves at this point. Right. But that's why I'm even kind of asking about like, even beyond this year, like next year, like that's kind of what I'm getting at, you know? Yeah. I mean, another potential option is like, if you're willing to take on someone else's bigger contract, like there could be a center out there who signed long-term right now, but ends up being available via trade. You just have to be willing to take on that contract. And like one guy I'm thinking of is Tomas hurdle, who the Bruins have been linked to in the past, just signed a long-term extension with the sharks last year. And yet this summer, his name popped up a couple of times one year into that extension. I think it was an eight year extension and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like if things aren't going well in San Jose, is he available? Like, do they decide, you know what? Hey, he's approaching his thirties. Us having him locked up might actually not be the best thing for us going forward. Let's get what we can for him and actually embrace a rebuild, which the sharks have been doing this weird thing where like, for whatever reason, they don't want to tear it down and rebuild, but they've just sucked for four years now. So it's like, you probably should have at some point. Um, but like, yeah, like some something like that, where it's like, yeah, you don't have the freedom to sign the guy on your terms because he already has his contract, but something like that could pop up. Well, thank you for the, uh, for the, the, the impromptu, um opinions there guys i just saw that and i i just know it's something we've been talking about all all summer and again yeah not so much for this october but maybe for the spring or next season it's like i just feel like the bruins are kind of at the mercy of okay when we get cap space who's available and and and, but you just mentioned scott like maybe there are other circumstances where somebody's already signed long term and they end up they end up getting traded um all right well we're over an hour 20 into this guy so if you have any final thoughts we're probably good to wrap this one up All good. All right. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you very soon.